Welcome to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I am Solomon Timothy. And I am Taylor Rowe. Today's episode, we dove into inbound marketing, uh, inbound 101. So kind of back to the basics, uh, something that we at 1IMS practice, preach on a daily basis, uh, live and breathe, you know, inbound marketing. Uh, and so sometimes I think we go into the weeds on some of these topics and uh, we get a lot of feedback that uh, and questions, I guess, right, in the sales process or, you know, comments on the podcast that are kind of very fundamental, or we believe is fundamental kind of questions. So uh, we wanted to go back to the basics and kind of talk about what is inbound marketing and, and how do you implement that at your organization? So I hope you guys enjoy. All right, everybody, today's topic is inbound 101. All right, so you might be wondering what inbound marketing is, something that we've been talking about forever and ever. Uh, but today is uh, taking it to the basics. Uh, we got our fellow host Taylor on the line here today. So yep. let's both let's got take... our uh, one, both got our one IMS shirts on. Uh, if you're watching this, did not plan um, that. Yeah. Did not plan that. Just so <laughs> happened. But yeah, let's kind of break down inbound marketing, Taylor. And again, sure. uh, this is just for those that may or may not know or need a refresher. We create a lot of content about it, and we do what inbound marketing is for ourselves, for our clients. But I think this is about what it is, more of an educational content, if I may. Yeah. Okay. So where where do you want to start? Where should we start? I want to, I want to start why, I'd say. And, you know, because I think that's the most important part yeah. of why we believe in it and why come, clients come to us in the first place. It's the what being second and why first, I think would be a great way to break down this episode. Right. Well, I think the why for most businesses and in most marketing strategies, sales strategies, campaigns, whatever you're talking about, is because it's effective, right? It's effective in lead generation, customer acquisition. It's effective in growing our business. If it wasn't effective, then we wouldn't want to do it. And if it didn't uh, was effective, but it didn't drive revenue, then probably wouldn't be sitting here talking about it either. So I think the why is is because it works, but I also think it's because it works more than the alternative. So if we were going to talk about inbound marketing, we kind of have to talk about outbound marketing, right? So what the, the kind of difference is there. Inbound marketing is essentially the idea of attracting and educating and really empowering your customers through, I would say, creating relevant content that's going to help and facilitate them throughout their path to purchase your product or service, right? And so it sounds very simple, but fundamentally, it's also very different than outbound, right? If you're talking about outbound, you know, you talk about a, a direct mail, you talk about a in, interruption-based marketing, right? Commercials, billboards, direct mail, radio ads, telemarketing, somebody cold calling you, right? Those are kind of traditional or outbound ways of uh, let me interrupt you in your, you know, whatever you're doing and let me flash some advertising and, and marketing lingo out there and and try to take you through this whole buyer's journey all within 30 seconds of this commercial of right. let me get you interested, emotionally attached, you know, illuminate a pain point that you might have and then guide you to take that next step and, you know, dial 888 whatever right. now and you get a free book light if you purchase, right? Exactly. All of those kind of things is like that doesn't work for a lot of reasons, mainly because it doesn't help your customer it interrupts them and in kind of what they're doing. It doesn't help them. It's not something they were looking for. They were watching TV or they were you know, trying to watch something else on YouTube and all of a sudden it popped up. They were 
listening to a podcast and it interrupted them. You know, they were sitting down to eat dinner with their family and they got a cold call. So it's not really helpful. It's kind of annoying. It seems kind of, you know, spammy. And at the same time, it doesn't help facilitate the sales process because there was no sales process, right? It's all about a timing game in those kind of scenarios. It's just, let me see how many people I can get in front of. And hopefully somebody is actually willing to listen and happen to be in the market for whatever I'm selling. And because of that, it's not only a timing game for that instance, for the entire campaign is really a one-time idea, right? An outbound marketing tactic or strategy or traditional strategy, put up a billboard and you pay for three months, your marketing campaign, the impact is really that three months, right? It doesn't have any longer lasting effects. Whereas inbound marketing, the idea is that if we go back to kind of what I said earlier is, okay, let me attract and educate and empower my customers through their buyer's journey, right? So what that means is you have to understand their buyer's journey and then you have to create relevant content for them in order to help educate them at each stage of that buyer's journey. Really, that's that's inbound marketing. If we were to break it down, inbound marketing 101, which is obviously what we're trying to do here. It's, okay, what am I selling? Who am I selling it to? And then how would I help them make this decision or help them do their job better? And then what's going to be the most effective and efficient way to actually disseminate that information, get it in front of them and allow them to, I guess, digest it, right? Is this theory better explained and articulated through a video or a podcast, or should I turn it into an infographic to help illustrate what I'm trying to you know, explain? Is this need to be a blog post? It's very technical and it's very long, you know, winded sort of conversation where I need to write all these different scenarios. So that's really inbound marketing is right. It's like, okay, how do we create educational content that people are going to want to read? That's the biggest difference between, or not even read, but just, you know, see and right. experience, right? So it's the difference between inbound and outbound is like one is annoying and one is something that I I want to do. It's something that marketing, you might not even realize that it's marketing because I was just looking up a recipe and I, you know, Googled the recipe and I went and uh, read the recipe and then I realized I needed this product or this, you know, kitchen utensil in order to make this. So I I bought it, right? It helped me do that better. It helped me do what I was trying to do better. I didn't realize they were marketing to me, right? So that's the biggest difference. And I think the shift that happened from, I guess, when we were teenagers, I don't know about you, I was a teenager, <laughs> when their internet was 56K till today, is that buyers are in control. It's no longer the seller. So, you know, if you don't do this, if you don't create content, you have no chance of even getting found when they're in the need of the product or service. That's the biggest shift I think in happening in our world. Yep. Yeah. And I think what happened there was the buyer having more information, it eliminated the need for anyone to listen to an outbound marketing or an old school sort of sales tactic, right? Because when the salesperson or the organization had all of the information, you had to go to them, right? right? You didn't have a choice. Now you have choice, you have information. And so now I'm going to go wherever I can find that information because I don't want to call a company and you know talk to a salesperson. I don't want to walk into you know Best Buy and ask the you know person Guy. in the blue shirt what TV you know, I what TV buy. I need to buy or what computer <laughs> I want to buy. Right? I want to go in there and already had made up my decision or narrowed it down to the top two three options. Then maybe I'll ask some suggestions, but I don't want to feel like I'm getting ripped off. Right? That's really the the disdain or the the uh, sort of negative connotation that people have towards a sales or marketing approach that is more of an outbound approach. Whereas inbound is, let me help you. Like you're shifting from selling to helping. And and because of that, they're searching 
more than ever for the things that they think they need, self-diagnosing, whatever this issue they're facing. How do I generate sales? How do I get this? How do I retain my clients? How do I whatever, right? How do you save money? How do you become more profitable? God knows what. So let's talk about that a little bit more, right? So if they are, if they are doing more research, that also puts more of an emphasis on the fact that you need to try even harder to educate them, right? Because like you said, you said the perfect word or phrase is self-diagnosing, right? Let's not assume that just because the user has more access to information that they're more well-informed, right? And that causes a lot of friction and, and a lot of almost animosity a lot of times in the sales process is that someone comes to you as self-diagnosed of, hey, I have this problem, I need this solution, I need you know this version of the product that you're selling or that version. Just you could probably just sell it to them, or you know you might be able to kind of just pick up the sales process from there. But a lot of times, like where do you think that you're getting all this information, right? Like this is what I do for me. <laughs> to me, and that's what happens. Yeah, and and obviously that happens in the medical field. So what I'm trying to say is that just because someone has access to information doesn't mean they have the right information, right? So it puts more of an emphasis on you as a marketing team to put out the best, most comprehensive. educational content and guide so that by the time they do get to the sales team, it's an easier process because they're already bought into your philosophy methodology, which is the reason that they're reaching out to you. So that's probably the the biggest shift there, or I guess the biggest shift, but the uh, misconception or understanding of just because the buyer has more access to information doesn't mean they have the right information. So you need to do a better job because they're getting the information somewhere. So it's not from you, it's from your competitor, or it's from you putting up, you know, half cooked, uh, half baked, you know, Solutions. information out there, right. and uh, they're not getting the full story. Or they're reading somebody else's article and thinking that that is indeed the truth, and asking you to, you know, give them a better price for whatever this solution may not even be a good fit for them. All right, I mean, I, I think it's a it's a great way to, to summarize. It's one is really you know attracting versus interrupting, and of yep. course, the interruption thing is never going to end because people are still thinking that that's how buyers buy. It's just not the case. I think once here's where I was at the other day. Once you, it could be a great brand, but if you sort of you know do the outbound thing and they get frustrated, they're never going to come to you just because of their experience with you. How many times you heard that, you know? whatever company just keeps calling me like I don't want to buy their product and they're never going to want to do it even if you did inbound marketing and that's the sad reality people are ready to like just never want to deal with you again if you go past that line right there's always that line that people say okay I don't want anything to do with this company or this manufacturer or whatever it is sure yeah I mean I think there's a right way and a wrong way to go about every aspect of this right and so same thing happens right even if they are somewhat interested like you said bothering them same thing can happen on the marketing side or the sales side. So one thing I wanted, the other thing I wanted to make sure we talked about, right? We talked about kind of why you would do it and then, okay, what it is. And now I guess maybe how you could do it would be the kind of next step, right? Logical next step. So I think we've talked about, okay, we're going to provide educational content. Well, specifically, how do you do that? For me, it comes from understanding the buyer's journey, right? Because if you're going to facilitate their buyer's decision, then you need to understand how they're actually going to make that decision. So every buyer's journey has really three stages to it, right? And it's not necessarily a linear path and it doesn't always happen that, you know, you're going to progress right away from one stage to the next stage, right? You can kind of bounce back and forth. It could take you a long time to finally move on to the next stage. 
But really the three stages are awareness, consideration, and decision, right? So let's kind of walk through those each individually. So awareness, there's two types of awareness. You can be problem aware or solution aware, right? So awareness is a lot of times where you could spend the most time in or you might not even be aware, right? You could be walking around and do your job and all of a sudden you have a pain point that makes you aware that, you know, there's a problem. There's probably a better way to be doing this, but you might not necessarily be aware that there is a solution that's out there, right? So, you know, maybe you're you're manually logging all of your, you know, balancing your, your company's checkbooks, right? And you're like, hey, there's got to be an easier way to do this than doing all this manual reconciliation of our accounts. And then somebody introduces you to QuickBooks, right? And you're like, okay, I never even knew this existed. So you can be aware of the problem and knowing that you can do something a little bit easier or there's got to be an alternative way. So you start to seek a solution, right? So that's when you're going to start to do some research, right? And once you start doing that research, then you're going to come up with probably multiple different options of solutions. And once you kind of see what that solution is, as soon as you become solution aware and you understand that there is something out there, that's really where the consideration stage starts, right? Because now you're considering your options, you're considering pricing, you're considering the pros and cons of, you know, if I implement this, does the, the cost and maybe even the risk outweigh the, the benefits or the reward? So you're kind of doing that your own kind of consideration. Once you've decided that this pain is big enough, the solution is the right solution, and now I'm, I'm ready to make this investment in whatever it is that you're selling, then you're into the decision-making. So that's when you start looking at, okay, I'm going to find the best vendor, best solution to actually fit my needs. And you might start, re- maybe at that point is the first time you even reach out to a, a company or a salesperson, right? So as marketers, we need to understand that. We need to facilitate that process. When I say facilitate that process, it's about creating content that is going to help them become problem aware. It's going to help them find that solution. It's going to help them weigh the pros and cons, alternatives, negatives, positive consequences, all the sorts of things throughout the consideration phase, and then even facilitate the decision-making process. If you're selling a software, for example, common practices people have, you know, my software versus competitor B, A and B, and I'm going to have all the different you know features and benefits and all those kind of things just lined up right on my website. Even if my price is more than the other, I'm going to show you why it's it's more valuable to you, right? So that's really the idea that you have to kind of understand and you need to adapt that to whatever your business model is. You know, in the B2B space, obviously you want to look at, okay, I know I'm selling to an organization, but ultimately my service or my product is going to actually benefit a particular department or person within that organization. And so how do I provide value to them and help them see that what the way that they're going about doing whatever there is today could be done better, it could be done more efficiently, effectively, it could be done at a higher quality, uh, whatever your unique value proposition is, and then start creating content to address each stage of that buyer's journey and create a lot of it in a lot of different formats. And uh, again, continue to reiterate what you believe is the value that you're bringing, but don't just talk about me, me, me. Right. Create valuable content to them and let them see that this is a better way to do it. And like I said, because of the fact that they're in control, you have to put everything out there. Like, can't hold anything back. Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified? Or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads 
to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, right? Businesses go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms. Talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS and especially with this podcast is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right. So thank you for listening and let's get back to our topic for the day. And I can, yeah. I got to tell you how many times I've bought a product or a service just by consuming my, taking my time and reading their content and their blog posts and the way they explain how they do things and occasionally asking them a question. But when you make a decision, you really are like, you've done everything. I don't have any questions. I'll just need right. to say, where's the contract I'll sign, right? Because I've, I've been and watching and video it, testimonials it, yeah. of other customers, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And likely you've tried to do it, figure it out on your own, right? Because that's the kind of person that you are. And so that's one of the common uh, objections to this is like, do I give all this information out for free? Then someone, they're just going to do it themselves, right? If I show you how to, you know, do inbound marketing and I teach you how to do inbound marketing, you're just going to do it and you're not going to hire us. If that's true and they can do it as good as you or better than you, by information that you're putting out there, then whatever you're providing for one is probably not valuable enough, right? Because it'd be like a lawyer saying the same thing is like, okay, here's how you do this, right? Or a plumber saying, okay, here's how you fix, you know, unclog your drain, or here's how you, you know, plunge your toilet, but someone's not going to replace all their pipes, right? Or right. something like that, right? Uh, they're going to actually call the plumber at that point. And so for you, like you were saying, you will likely spend a lot of time in the consideration phase compared to most people because you're trying to fix all these problems yourself, right? And you're having our developers build this custom software, this and that. So by the time you get to decision-making, your pain point is so high because you've spent so much time in awareness and consideration that, like you said, the sales cycle would probably be pretty fast because you've already decided that it's not worth it for me to do it on my own. I'm willing to pay somebody to see that additional value. And these are the top three companies that I've been following right. this whole time. Get this information that you I've been trying it. to do it. On I've my been own. following. It's me. And, they attracted me. Right. And that's really what it is. And so when you say, well, I don't want to give this information out for free, you're not going to change someone's mind by doing interruption based, right? So you can't call Solomon and say, Hey, I'm going to you know, provide this value to you because you're not aware that you have a problem. You haven't been searching for a solution. Your pain's not big enough. You haven't tried to do it on your own. You haven't gone through the consideration phase. So you're probably not even going to listen to that call and you don't even know who that brand is. So the opposite is you were introduced to the brand. You were looking to probably solve a small problem. You start doing more research. You look for alternatives to the current process that you're doing. You continue to dive into it. You look at, okay, this is how much it costs. Well, maybe I can try to do it myself. Do I want an out-of-the-box solution or should I build a custom solution? And what are the integrations? And then as you start to kind of do it, at some point, you're going to get to a phase where you might have even implemented something right that worked. You saw the progress and you say, well, let me go back to the professional company because if this is what the value that I saw just doing it myself, 
I could see how, you know, hiring this professional company, again, this brand that has been educating me this whole time, I believe in them because I implemented what they told me to do and it actually worked a little bit. Now I want to scale it up by hiring somebody. So you're you're not at all, I don't think you're going to lose any customers by doing this. And if you do, if somebody does try to figure out and do it themselves or they go do it a cheaper way, you were never going to get that person as a customer in the first place. Right. But what you are going to do is you're going to kind of convert a lot more of the masses that were so far away because they didn't, they weren't even aware that they had a problem. And by focusing on education, they're so sold because like you said, they're, they're bought into this idea and understanding that if we do it this way, you know, we're going to see this value. They've watched, like you said, all of the testimonials, all the case studies, they've been researching, they're looking at forums, they're asking their friends, they're doing all this even before they reach out to the salesperson. So there's no real sales aspect to it, except for this is how sales works now, right? It's through education and, and guiding that process. And the sad reality is those in your industry, right, that is already far ahead in creating this much content is way ahead because it's not easy to catch up. This is where the longer you've been playing this game of creating content, I mean, how many com- how many companies just put out a lot of YouTube videos and they just blew up just because they've been creating a bunch of content, educating people in a platform where there was a shortage of content about that industry or keywords or whatever, and they just found it. Yeah, and you see that. And uh, it's funny, right? Because you see it across a lot of industries, like you said, on the B2B space, you see people create a lot of YouTube content and they, they blow up that way, right? I mean, you see it when, the, when, you, when you said that, it kind of you know, sparked in my head. It would be like, as a, to use an analogy, it would be like a musician, right? Saying, well, I don't want to put my songs and music on YouTube or Spotify because people can listen to it for free and then they're not going to pay tickets to come to my show, come to my concert. But in fact, the the complete opposite happens, right? You reach a whole new audience that if they would have had to type in their email address or password or even pay a dollar just to listen to the song on on YouTube, they would have never even heard about you, right? Right. But then all of a sudden they're following and they're they're listening and they know all the words to every song. And then you have a concert in their town and it sells out, right? Because you're building a bigger following, you're building a brand. And the same thing happens from in B2B, B2C, marketing is all the same ideas. Let me get in front of people who might enjoy this and find value in it. And uh, my name's going to be attached to it when they when they watch this video right. or when they download you know, this, this piece of content or listen to this podcast or uh, they read my recipe that I put on my blog, whatever it is that you're, you're selling or whoever you're selling to, if you provide value to them and whatever their job is, that is inbound marketing uh, at its core. Love that analogy. Now, everybody out there has to kind of think about that musician, put out the best piece of content out there and see who right. is who is getting attracted. Of course, you got to optimize it and everything. But once you do have that content out there, it becomes an asset. It's lifelong. Yeah. It's never going to go away. Um, and it doesn't matter how old it is. It's still, it could be found, it's searchable and so yeah. on. I mean, you, you said a couple of good points there. I want to make sure that we highlight is one is, do something and uh, let the data kind of dictate the results. Don't wait for it to be perfect. Put some content out there because the reality is, as marketers, we think that we have it all kind of figured out beforehand, but you never really know how people are going to react to whatever content you put out there. You never know how the algorithms are going to react to whatever content you're putting out there until you do it. Uh, And we've seen it with our own videos and podcasts and blog posts and social media posts. 
you could put out 10 posts and, you know, if you had to bet before you put them out, which ones were going to be the most successful or which ones you thought were the most valuable, had the best title, had the best content. It, a lot of times it's a complete, you know, dark horse that ends up getting hundred thousand shares. You had no idea that you right. know, that was going to be <laughs> the piece of content that people enjoyed and thought was valuable. Uh, and so, yeah, definitely just start creating something, put it out there and then see what happens and adapt from there and let your customers be the one that's, you know, say, I want to see more content of this, or I'm really struggling with this kind of, you know, content. And so can you, can you help me let your customers uh, tell the story, right? Or dictate your marketing messaging. So use that data and what what's working. Uh, and uh, honestly, you can just ask them too. you know, what, what are you struggling with? I want to touch on the three parts of the inbound, the attract, engage, and delight, just because if they go Google it, they're going to be like, well, that's not what Taylor said, or, you know, it's, it's <laughs> like, well, that's a different kind of inbound marketing. No, it's not. I just want to kind of share, you know, the way that it's maybe been taught uh, by HubSpot and all the free inbound yeah. certifications and how we yeah. actually adopted the exact same thing and how we create content and we try to delight them and, and all that stuff. I think it'd be a great quick overview not that you can get this stuff online, but I just really want to share how we've become monks of it. You know, there's nothing else yeah. that we do other than this. Right. Yeah. I mean, the same same idea applies, right? So we talked about awareness, consideration, decision. And so you have to figure out then specifically, strategically, how am I going to get in front of them, right? And that's where the interact, engage, and the light comes into play. And it's more of kind of the marketing reaction to the buyer's journey. Yeah, right. exactly. So if you look at it and say, well, how am I going to attract my audience? It comes back to the same thing. It's like, well, what are they interested in? What are they What are they searching for? Uh, what pain points do they have? What problems are they trying to solve? Let's create valuable content. And then how do we get in front of them? Uh, so that's the other piece of it's like, not, it's not going to just magically come across their desk, right? We're certainly not going to send out a direct mail to them. So uh, what forums are they reading? Uh, what websites are they doing research on? Um, what publications do they find valuable? What social media platforms uh, are they active on? What problems would they be going to Google and searching? Uh, if they're not, we talk about problem aware versus solution aware, right? So if they're aware of the solution, then you can start a little bit. Sometimes you can start a little bit further down the funnel uh, and try to capture demand for and attract audience that is actually searching for a solution. If they're only problem aware, or even you need to make them become problem aware, then you need to create a lot more top of the funnel, if you will, content around awareness, right? And so that's how you would go about attracting them. Engaging with them and engaging that audience, um, this can be seen in a number of different ways. You can look at something, what they call a conversion rate optimization of, okay, now that they're engaging or engaging with our content and reading our content or viewing our videos, how do we get them to take that next step and, you know, fill out their a form or give us their email address, reach out to us, raise their hand and say, I'm interested in more information like this to help me in my day-to-day job. So that would be something you could do from an engage uh, perspective. I also look at engage of just more on the, just the word engage, right? How do we engage our audience? So not only are we creating educational content, is the content entertaining to them? Is it valuable to them? It goes back to what we were talking about. Is it, you know, do we believe it's valuable or they right. believe it's valuable? And if they believe it's valuable, then they're going to save that piece of content. They're going to share it. They're going to keep revisiting it. Um, and they're going to be more familiar with our brand. So I think the more you focus on creating a better 
experience and more valuable content, that engage piece is going to happen a little bit more naturally. And then the delight aspect is really everything you do as an organization, right? So everything from marketing, sales, service, are we providing an end-to-end customer experience that is delightful? It's something that they enjoy doing business with, right? And the companies that went out, especially today's day and age, they're providing a better user experience, even if the actual product or offering isn't that much different, right? One example that comes to mind is Uber. I mean, getting an Uber and getting a cab is not fundamentally is someone giving you a ride across town, right? Right. And so to disrupt the taxi cab industry kind of sounds crazy, but they focused on that delight piece that we're talking about now, providing a better user experience. There's an app, I can go on there, I can click it, I can make sure it's gonna be a nice car, doesn't you know smell weird, I'm not sitting in the back, there's no plexiglass you know, in the way, I don't have to stand out in the rain by the road and wave it down. It doesn't seem like a, a lot of pain points, right? If you say, hey, you gotta walk outside or you can just use your phone, it doesn't seem like a big enough pain. But they focus so much on delighting and just providing a better business model, a better customer experience that they were able to win out, right? And so that's really what it comes down to from a marketing perspective and attract, engage, delight. It's the same thing that we're talking about in terms of awareness, consideration, decision. It all comes back to knowing your customer and providing a better user experience for them. And then how by doing that, you're going to provide a lot of educational content, uh, which is all kind of that attract and engage portion of it. And for someone who maybe is listening, they want to do the inbound marketing way and they don't want to do the interruption anymore. They want to attract the right, you know, leads into their, into their database or funnel, whatever you want to call it. What's the first step? How do they get started? Yeah. I would walk down or wherever you're at. If you're in a self-isolation like we are, pick up the phone and call your salespeople because they're the ones that are getting a lot of these questions and ask them, what objections do we get? Why do we lose deals? Why do we win deals? I would call your customers, your best customers, your worst customers, deals you lost. I ask them too, right? What stood out about us? Why did you reach out to us? How did you hear about us? But don't just take those at face value and write it down and say, oh, they heard about us word of mouth. They heard about us Google. They heard about us, you know, Facebook. And then say, okay, well, we need to spend more money on Facebook. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about truly understanding what is important to our customers and then looking at our own product or service, look at yourself in the mirror and say, okay, how do we make this better? How do we adapt to this? Or maybe if you have the right service and they're just not seeing it right on the other side, so how do we bridge that gap? And how do we educate them uh, that have what you're looking for? And it is going to impact your business, your personal life, the way that you're anticipating, if not better, but you have to understand what we're trying to sell to you, right? And so if there's a gap in communication there, that's the other thing that will be kind of illuminated by talking to your sales team, talking to your customers, and just understanding your buyer. Um, So to answer your question, first step, talk to your customers, talk to your salespeople. Second step, look at yourself in the mirror, right? And understand, okay, are we actually providing something of value to them? And then the third step of that is what content we can we create in order to bridge that gap and then start creating content. Action is going to be your only bottleneck in this equation is you got to start creating content and so that you can start getting feedback, whether that's analytical feedback by looking at the data or actual feedback by talking to customers and prospects and understanding what content they enjoy, how they found you, all that kind of stuff. Right. And there's so many different forms of content too, right? There's blog content, there's video content, audio content. This is going to be in all kinds of 
formats, social content, yep. and it just need to be repurposed and really start to fill in your all of your your web presence essentially, and see if we can start attracting the right people into your uh, organization. Yep, absolutely. Any final thoughts, my man? No, that's it. Um, yeah, like you said, it, you know, inbound uh, something we do every day. So we're we're glad to make this uh, episode where we kind of go back to the basics, back to the fundamentals, um, and uh, appreciate you guys listening. All right. Until next time.